And if you'd open your Bibles, please, to Psalm 34, the 34th Psalm. We're going to begin reading in verse 11, and we'll read responsively to the end of the chapter, verse 22. Psalm 34, verse 11. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Psalm 34, verse 11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and ensue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evils shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. And if you look at verse 19, this is the text and the title, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless this time. Uh, use it to help us to be prepared. The way of God, the will of God, understanding uh, the suffering, the trial, the tribulation, which is before us, that you will work it for good. We give thee the glory and we yield your spirit. We pray that he would speak to every heart and reveal these things to us individually as we walk with thee. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I would ask that you listen very carefully this morning. Uh, you may not fully grasp what I'll say at this time in your life. But the reality is, you will need this one day. I say this often. You can store this away in your memory bank of uh, Bible truth. One day, you'll come to grips with this. You'll need it if you do not need it now. One of the great wisdoms of life is preparation. We need to prepare for the future. So we need to prepare for those things which are known. There's certain things we know are coming up in the near future. There's other things that we are unknown. We do not have the details, but there's certain things we know that are going to happen politically, prophetically. There's things with our finances, our health. We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared emotionally so that we're not shocked or surprised. And we need to be prepared spiritually to undergird ourselves with the truth. So as we observe the ways of the world, experiences of others, 
we read in the Word of God and hide it in our heart. What is coming? What does the future hold? Will our dreams come true, our aspirations, our plans? We know there's certain things going to happen. Death is certain, unless the rapture takes place. Even so, come Lord Jesus. It's certain. We know that Jesus is coming back. We know the Bible says that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. We know that the spirit of the Antichrist has been in the world for over 2,000 years. We know certain things. And we should know another thing about Christianity. It's the afflictions are many. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Job said, man that is born of women, his days are few and full of trouble. We know that we have infirmities of the flesh, weaknesses, maybe deformities, problems, pains, injuries, maybe things that won't heal, the struggles physically. But what we're talking about this morning, and I hope you really listen uh, and get this, is the battles in the soul, the anguish and the travail of the soul, which is internal, invisible. You can't explain it to anybody else. You really can't describe what you're going through. This is so mysterious, felt by only the one at the time. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Now, the word affliction in the Old Testament, it had an evil connotation, evil adversity, sorrow, displeasure, weren't liking the, or didn't like the way things were going. And when you look at it from that context, it does mean to suffer hardship. It means to be put under the pressure, to be forced to carry a heavy load and a burden, to be persecuted by unbelievers in the world. And basically, it, it just means to suffer a lot of trouble, to be afflicted. What should we expect? The afflictions of the righteous are many. So it shouldn't shock us, shouldn't surprise us. We should be well prepared. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. We are all going to be tried by fire. This is the way of God, the wisdom of God, the will of God. We must endure it. There's no way to escape. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Job was afflicted. Great man of faith. David, a man after God's own heart, was afflicted. Israel, the chosen people of God, was afflicted. The Apostle Paul, chosen by Christ to teach the doctrine of the New Testament church, he was greatly afflicted. And Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was afflicted by the Father on the cross of Calvary to pay for the sin of the world. If they were afflicted, what makes us think we will escape? If they were afflicted, how much more do we need this 
mysterious work of God in our life. Now, there are several aspects of this. The first one is when the heathen persecute, it brings a great affliction. They don't understand. They will mock. They will ridicule. They may call names. They may uh, bring you harm in different ways. In Jeremiah 31, 28, the Bible says that they came to destroy and to afflict, referring to Babylon. And Amos 5, 12 says they afflict the just. Judges uh, 16, 5 says that the Philistines wanted to bind him to afflict him. This is what the wicked want to do to the people of God. Are the people of God safe in this last day in which we live? Will we have our freedom to assemble lawfully, have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, our rights under the Constitution? Will these things continue in the last of the last days? The world afflicts Christ. We are in Christ. Christ is in you, the hope of glory, we will be afflicted by the lost. They do not relate to us. They do not accept the Lord Jesus Christ. They not only reject Him, they hate Him and persecute Him. In Genesis 15:3, Israel was afflicted by Egypt 400 years. They were made slaves. They were treated cruelly by Pharaoh, a type of Satan. Egypt is a type of the world. In Exodus 1.11, it says that the Egyptians set over them taskmasters to afflict them, to cause them trouble, to inflict pain and sorrow and suffering. But it says the more they afflicted them, the more they grew and prosper. God's way, the way we grow and prosper is through affliction. We cannot grow and prosper and become more like Christ if everything goes our way, if everything is rosy, so to speak. God's going to use these things to make us more like Christ. So the heathen world will afflict the people of God. Number two, and just touching on this one, judgment by God. In 1 Kings 11.39 says that they afflicted the seed of David. Sometimes God in judgment, in righteousness, will allow affliction in the life of a child of God. It's always for a reason though. Don't forget that. If you're suffering, if you have anguish of soul, it's always for a reason. It's not, not just by happenstance, if that's a word. God wants to work a work in our life, and He allows this, and it's a trying of fire to get us to understand some things about our life, to see more clearly. Sometimes we've been afflicted. You know, many of us could testify, yeah, I, I'm, I was afflicted by the heathen. Many of us could testify, yeah, God worked a judgment in my life. I was not right. I had sin in my life. God brought a sorrow of an affliction of trouble and suffering. And look where I am now. It changed my life. 
I came through as pure gold. I, I'm on this side of it, but God had a purpose for it. And, and if we don't let God be God, if we don't trust Him because He loves us, and let Him do His work, uh, righteous work in our life, where will we be? What would we be? Now, I can truly say, you know, we, we think about the benefits and the blessings and all these things. Those are fringe benefits of being in Christ. The, the character level of your life right now, your maturity level in Christ is all based upon affliction, the sorrows, the sufferings, not the joy, not the happiness, not the good things that happen, but the things that inflict pain. Number three, we can afflict ourselves, self-affliction. This is where the modern church really lacks. We want plenty of food, plenty of nice things, easy life, no trouble, things to go well with us. But a wise child of God who wants to get closer to God, we are commanded by God to afflict ourselves, to deny ourselves certain things to fast and pray and to have a discipline in our life that does not cater to the flesh. It doesn't cater to the flesh to afflict. Leviticus 16.29, ye shall afflict your souls. This was part of the feasts of Israel and the holy days. Isaiah 58.5 the Bible says you will fast and give an offering and afflict your own soul. What, what they were told to do is they would take the food they were going to eat within a day. So they would think, what would I normally have for breakfast, though I don't think Jews had breakfast. Then they would think, what do I have for lunch? I'm not sure they had lunch. And then supper. And then they would not eat all day long. They would deny themselves. Then they would take that money and food that they were going to consume. They would go find a poor person and give it to them. And they would suffer and deny. And their belly was aching and, and crying out for food. They were denying the flesh. They were afflicting their own soul. And then on top of that, they had to go give it to somebody. And it actually says, invite them to your house and watch them eat it, what you would have eaten, and afflict your soul. There's nothing worse than when you're really hungry and you smell something good and you can't have it. You know, and you, man, that, that smells good. Now, afflict your soul. Afflict your soul. We don't need to cater to the flesh. Ezra 8, 2, when Ezra was a ready scribe, remember Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of the city, Zerubbabel rebuilt the temple, Ezra was rebuilding the people, he called for a fast to afflict. He says, we will afflict ourselves before God. You know, the average church, they want to cater to the flesh before God. They want to live an abundant, prosperous high standard of living type of a lifestyle, but God's not going to use that to make us more like Christ. Your, your needs might be met physically, but to grow spiritually, to become more like Christ, it requires 
affliction. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Number four, suffering for Christ. Suffering for Christ and with Christ afflicts the soul. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, Paul said that he was a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. Timothy was a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. The gospel brings with it affliction. This is the true gospel, not the fake Joel Osteen gospel, not the health, wealth, name it, claim it. You'll get rich. All your problems will go away. You'll never suffer again. Not the, the satanic false gospel. The true gospel is it is accompanied by affliction, things that will bring us low, humble us, bring sorrow, travail in the soul. Proverbs, think of this verse. I, I think about it all the time. The afflictions of the afflicted. The afflictions of the afflicted. That's like it says, His servants shall serve Him. But if you're in Christ, many are the afflictions of the righteous, and it's the affliction of the afflicted. And the Bible says it could get so sorrowful that if God does not comfort and bring consolation, that we could die. Many people in the Bible thought they were going to die not because somebody attacked them physically, not because they got a disease or some illness, or they were injured and it would not heal. They thought they were going to die because of affliction. It was so sad. You know, I've been through that. So, you know how you go through those stages? You really get hit hard, and you're really let down, and you're really hurt so badly. And after a while, the pain goes away. And then after a while, the shock will go away. And then you're just going about your life, and some reality will hit you. I can't believe that happened to me. I can't believe that this happened to a family member or something that has inflicted such great sorrow of travail in my soul. In Job 34, 28, it says, the Lord heareth the cry of the afflicted. Did you hear that? We read this, something like this in Psalm 34. God's not going to hear the cry of everything's perfect. He hears the cry of the afflicted. I'd rather be afflicted and, and let God hear my prayer than not be afflicted and God not hear my prayer. In Psalm 18, 27, it says, Thou wilt save the afflicted people. God has a special blessing for the afflicted. Certain works in the life of the afflicted. And certain mercy on the afflicted. We can all testify this. David said in Psalm 16, 10, I was greatly afflicted greatly afflicted. And a lot of times, you know, we need to be very careful. We need to be more spiritual. If you see someone and they're having a rough time and maybe their countenance is a little low, they look a little bit sad, they look a little bit down, 
maybe a little bit depressed or melancholy, how do we know what they're going through? How do we know that they just got bad news and they don't want to tell anybody? How do we know that they're struggling maybe something legally or something with their family or they have a financial problem that we don't even we can't even relate to it. And but it's there. We need to be bigger and better than that. We need to be spiritually discerning. We don't know what they're going through. If David was afflicted and Paul and Job and the Lord Jesus Christ, how much more will we? The afflictions of the afflicted. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. We have all become partakers of the afflictions of the gospel. Have you ever, you know, I've been through a lot lately, um, been in this 40 years, and you'll think, if I'd have known this would have happened <laughs> 40 years ago, if I could somehow see into the future that I would have to endure this and suffer this, I don't know if I'd even start it out. I think I would, but God can't tell us everything we're going to be inflicted with. He couldn't reveal, we couldn't handle it. We would not be capable of, uh, of understanding this is the way of God, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've all been made partakers. You know, there's people in this room that their job afflicts them. And I can relate to you. There's some people might love their job. There's some people, they don't like their job. They need to make a living. They need to provide for their own. It's not what they would have chosen. It's not the best thing that if they could pick their way of uh, making money. But they go daily in a lot of ways. It's afflicting. In a lot of ways, it's sorrowful and it brings suffering. And, and, and a lot of people just, they want to base it on the expression on the face, how much money's in the bank, is, are people healthy, uh, what's happening circumstantially, all these different things. But the afflictions are many for the righteous. And I'm not complaining. I'm just facing reality. The, the basic things sometimes of Christianity can be an affliction, the rejection, the trusting God, Where's the next answer going to come from? How long do I have to wait? And sometimes you can't even really describe it or explain it, but you know what I'm talking about. In Psalm 119.67, David said, now, now listen to this, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But because I was afflicted, I'm right with God. I'm in the will of God. I'm doing what I ought to be doing. I am not doing what I should not be doing. And I am in the right place physically and spiritually. But before I was afflicted, I went astray. You know, I, I know I was afflicted. Heavy duty. If you, if you look at your testimony of what happened to you before you came to Christ and all of the sorrows and the problems and the struggles, the affliction of God, and, and you can say, well, 
I brought it all on myself. A lot of it we did, but some of it we did not. And it, it was beyond our control, and it was the hand of God through His sovereignty and providence, and He was afflicting us so that we would not go astray. In Psalm 119, 71, David said, It is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Now, I want you to think about how much Bible you've learned since you've been afflicted, and how ignorant you'd be biblically if you never were afflicted. God uses this to teach us His Word. In Psalm 119.75, the Bible says, In faithfulness thou hast afflicted me. God in His faithfulness allowed this to happen. It's so important I love Psalm 119.107. It says that because he was afflicted by God, he was quickened. He was brought back to life. He was given revival of the Spirit of God. And how did it come? Through affliction, sorrow, sadness, suffering. All through the Bible, comfort is promised to those who are afflicted by God. So what must we do? We can't quit. We can't get discouraged. We can't look back or turn back. We can't turn to the right hand or the left. And we cannot have self-pity. Woe is me. I had some things happen to me. Uh, I got touched. I can't explain it. I was begging God. I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to die. If God didn't show up, if God didn't do something, the sorrow was so great, the sadness so overwhelming, so heavy in travail on the soul. But God shows up in the nick of time. Now, here's the good news. I don't want to discourage you this morning. This is the reality. I'd rather have somebody tell me the truth than give me a, a lie and a sales pitch. The gospel has affliction. But here's the good news. God promises restoration if you've been afflicted. In Nahum 1, chapter 12, he says, I will afflict my people no more. Affliction is not permanent. It has a purpose. God's going to use it. When the purpose is fulfilled, the affliction is removed. In Zephaniah, these great books of the Old Testament, which most people never heard of or read, chapter 319, he says, I will undo all that afflict thee. God's going to undo it. He's going to stop it from happening. And when we think about New Testament Bible Christianity, it happens in three parts. Number one, you're justified. That's a one-time act. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you have imputed righteousness through faith in Him. It's just as if you've never sinned. You're declared righteous in the sight of God. Past, present, future sins, all forgiven, just like that. Praise the Lord. Once that happens, though, we are waiting for the glorification, which is another one-time act. When we hear the last trump, we hear the shout, we go up to meet the Lord in the air, and God calls us out of this world, 
we will be glorified. We will lose these robes of flesh. We'll receive our glorified body. We'll be transformed in a moment. And with the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Two one-time acts. In between, though, there's the, the, the next part of salvation, sanctification. And sanctification is a lifelong process of growing in grace, learning from the reproofs of life, learning to separate from the world, learning from even our mistakes, and growing and learning and gaining knowledge, hiding the Word in our heart, becoming more spiritual, yielding to the Holy Spirit, and going on pressing from justification to glorification through the sanctification process, which means being set aside for the purpose of God in our life. But during this sanctification... This is when the faith is tried. This is when we are tested. It's a struggle. It hurts. We are suffering. Could be physically. You know, Job says when you learn a deep truth, your bones will hurt when you lay in your bed. When God does a work and you're just laying in your bed and your bones ache and you're thinking you have arthritis, it could be you learned a deep truth. Could be God did a great work. Could be God afflicted your soul. The anguish, the travail, the sorrow, the suffering in the spirit of our soul. What is the way to Christ's likeness? Let every man that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity, from justification to glorification, through the trying process of affliction and sanctification, the fiery trial. I love what Job said. Listen to this in chapter 23, verse 10. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Proverbs 17, 3. The finding pot for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. The trying of fire, the affliction of the soul, the dross, the sin, the impurities, the imperfection, the immaturity, the ways of the world, the works of the flesh will all be burned up and praise the Lord. We shall come forth as pure gold. The suffering of the soul to eliminate the dross. You know the fog? They say COVID brought brain fog, if you ever had it. You know, where your head's in a bell and somebody's hitting the bell with the hammer. Or they're banging a gong and then you get the ice pick through the bone, you know. Um, the, the, and then some people, I can't focus. I can't, I'm having a hard time even seeing what's out there, the, the fog, the deception, the difficulties. What is God going to do? He wants to bring us to an awareness of the real problem. Now, I said all that to say, uh, that to say this. Please listen very carefully. What is the real purpose of affliction? We know that the heathen are going to afflict the people of God. 
We know that God may judge his people for a purpose of chastisement to afflict them. And we know that we can afflict ourselves, and we should. We ought to deny ourselves pleasure to afflict our soul. And we know that suffering with Christ, the afflictions of the gospel, are a part of being in Christ. He is in us. He was afflicted by the Father on the cross. But what's the real purpose of this? And this is so important. The affliction of the soul, the suffering, is to eliminate all of the dross, the impurities, and bring a self-awareness so that we can righteously judge ourselves. I can come to, I realize I have this imperfection, I've got this immaturity, I have this sin in my life that I can't get out of, I have this bad habit that I need to move on from, I have this immaturity of the world, the flesh, and that the devil is wrought in my life, I now can see clearly. I now can think clearly. Everything has settled. There has become clarity of spirit. I recognize I have pride. I wouldn't have known that if I wasn't afflicted. I realize I have a bad addiction. I wouldn't have recognized that if I was not afflicted. I realize I'm very immature and get my feelings hurt very easily. I would have never realized that if I was not afflicted. I realize that I'm lazy. I would not have realized that if I was not afflicted. I realize I eat too much and I am undisciplined. I would not have realized that if I was not afflicted. And I realize I'm worldly. I think like the world. I've been deceived by the philosophies of men and the rudiments. Now I see this, and when you come to that, what happens? You self-judge in righteousness according to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. And now you can say like Job, I shall come forth as gold. Here's what happens. We get too close to see what's really there sometimes. We really do. If you're involved in a situation, sometimes you can't see even what you did is wrong. Sometimes you can't understand because you let your feelings get in the way or old ideas or traditions of your family get in the way or the ways of the world. And sometimes we're so close, we can't see the real problem. And I call them blind spots. Even Job had blind spots. But we come to this realization, now I see. And notice, it doesn't mean you're going to see it but not do it. The real work of affliction means you will see it and the problem is solved. You will see it, and the sin is gone. You will see it, and the immaturity has grown to maturity. It's the affliction of the righteous, the afflictions of the afflicted. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You know, this is the truth. We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to be waiting. Because why? We're justified. 
According to Romans 8, 28 and 29, we're already glorified in the mind of God, our glorified body. Jesus is preparing a place for us. But until then, what's happening? Sanctification. We're becoming more and more and more set apart for the purpose and the work of God, the will of God. And through that sanctification, we are being afflicted. And I wish I could tell you different, but I can't. Uh, but it's joy. Uh, sorrow may endure for the night, but what does it say? Joy cometh in the morning. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. I want you to think